Welcome to Travel Market Life, your companion for industry insights and professional business development. Travel Market Life. Join us by webcast, video or podcast. And welcome back to Travel Market Life. I'm your host, Ryan Haynes, and today we're going to be having a closer look about the similarities between short-term accommodation and hotelling. We're going to be joined by Naeem Anis Payman, the Chief Revolutionary from Payment Club and Sivu. Payment Club is a provider of hotels and short-term accommodation with nine hotel properties and over a hundred short-term rental accommodation properties. Payment has developed Sivu, a powerful PMS and channel manager for service department providers and hotels that enables everyone to grow direct bookings, an automation hub for hospitality providers. Sivu has already won the most innovative new hospitality technology award at the Innovation and Excellence Awards 2020, the best channel manager and award at Shorties 2020, the best hospitality management automation platform 2020, and even picked up the VRMB's Keystone Awards 2021 as best small and mid-sized RPMS. Travel Market Life. So quite a few accolades there, Naeem. You've been um, really on quite a mission uh, to, by well, scenes of it, to make big changes to the way that short-term accommodation and hotel is done. Um, how have you come across that and the experiences um, through the opportunities and challenges of opening hotels uh, during and after COVID? Because I know that that's been a big area of development for you. Yeah, I mean, COVID hit us hard like everyone else in the hospitality world. Um, and after a couple of months, I was thinking, how can we use our um, capacities within the organization to try and recover from this blow? And uh, obviously, everyone was scared and uncertain about what the future holds. So um, in the UK, there was a fairly strong shrinkage in buyer activity for hotels. And so I thought if I buy a small hotel, a guest house, something like that. Um, I might be able to add some kitchenettes, turn it into an apart hotel and keep doing what we were doing. And after buying the first one, um, I started looking at the figures and I found another hotel which was for sale for basically the same money that it would have taken to convert the first one into um, an apart hotel. And I thought maybe now is the time to just expand on the property portfolio, run them as hotels for the time being and see what we can do down the line. And uh, we're still in that journey, basically. That's fascinating. I mean, really sort of seeing those opportunities and seeing where you can build your own green shoots um, around um, a very struggling marketplace. And I, I guess there is so much opportunity now um, to really reinvent what hospitality is, especially in the digital world. When we first let's have a look first, though, at some of the trends, um, particularly around bookings in the UK um, and, and those that you're seeing between maybe your holiday rental um, portfolio versus your hotels. What are what are sort of some of the similarities there, and and maybe the the, the core differences? Um, yeah, to be honest, I'm not sure there's that many differences. There seem to be a lot of similarities. For example, the lead time, um, so the number of days ahead of arrival that people um, book dropped significantly during COVID, down to something like two or three days, and we've not really seen a change in that behavior yet. People still. Um, in some senses, we've forgotten COVID even exists. You know, no one's wearing a mask anymore. In other senses, I think people are slightly maybe weary of losing money on cancellations of flights and so on. So 
that might take another year or two to come back to normal. So we're seeing a lot of last-minute bookings, definitely. Um, we're seeing guests overall have become a lot more pedantic and demanding and uh, will complain at the slightest issue. <laughs> and again, that is the same whether it's a vacation rental or a hotel. Interesting. And I think that's something that is certainly being reflected across the wider industry as well. And maybe um, it's a matter that um, British travellers are a little bit more demanding um, than uh, maybe <laughs> some of the foreign ones, um, particularly since it's the first time that we've really had to deal with such a huge number of staycationers. Right. Um, now, I mean, it, it's, I think it's interesting because we've done a couple of podcasts already. We spoke to Bran um, Branson Family Retreats um, in, in a few episodes ago. Uh, around sort of like how they manage their short-term um, accommodation and really this ability to manage a lot of it very remotely. You are really doing both hotels and short-term. When it comes to managements of these properties, how similar approach have you taken now that you've brought hotels on to your portfolio? And, uh, you know, are, are you treating them in the same way? Um, to start with, we were treating them pretty much in exactly the same way, uh, mainly because restaurants were shut anyway, so you weren't even able to provide uh, breakfast except for a breakfast bag or something. So we were just doing accommodation only um, with uh, cleaning and linen uh, for various lengths of stay, and pretty much applying the service apartment vacation rental model to individual rooms. Um, as time has gone by and restrictions have eased and depending on the staffing situation and the specifics of the size of the hotel and the market we've started doing um, best <clears throat> breakfast baskets in some of them and uh, in one of the hotels we've also just set up a team and we're doing um, full board so we're providing uh, dinners and breakfast as well now is this where you're starting to see the, the the different needs of guest services then or guest expectation between accommodation and hotels? Um, I mean, I mean, as you say, if, if you're starting to put on more services within the hotel, um, there, there's obviously a clear differentiation between what people expect at two different types of properties. But then I guess, you know, how do you also manage that as effectively as possible when we're dealing with such difficulties around staff shortages but also this need or i guess expectation from travelers of a bit more of a digital connection with their um hotels or accommodation provider i think there's definitely a difference in the expectations um the main one being food obviously breakfast in particular lunch and dinner you can have elsewhere but people going to hotel tend to just assume there will be breakfast available um, even if it was never mentioned during the booking process, um, sometimes even assume it's part of the price uh, that they've paid. So that is quite different. Another assumption is that there will be a reception. Um, so we've tried to run some of these hotels in a very low staff manner um, with key safes and so on, and that does not quite meet with guest expectations. Um, and it's uh, very interesting because as soon as it's a self-catering unit or the word hotel in the title maybe makes people imagine something completely different. Um, so it's a matter of uh, meeting those expectations. In terms of remote management, obviously you can't treat them exactly the same, uh, especially if, if you want to have staff on site, then you get into a whole other type of business, which is even more uh, human-based than, um, say, vacation rentals. Uh, where you have to build up a team remotely 
and um, you have to try and you know create a corporate culture and try and avoid misunderstandings which are very easy in written form and um, still form some sort of a trust bond um, and try and address issues as they come up. So in that sense, they are a lot more work, um, whether remote or in person, uh, especially with the higher expectations. And I think it's really key as to uh, how good the staff members and the team members on the ground are. So it sounds like it's been a steep learning experience as you've sort of moved into hotels. And it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, how how have you looked to deal with that yourself then? Do you, do you look to get that support from your team members to understand what needs to be done? Or do you look outside and speak to consultants um, or other people that have got experience in hotel hospitality to better understand how you you can meet their expectations and needs? Um, I think the theory is relatively simple. Um, there's nothing hugely complex about it. You just have to make people feel welcome, you know, provide a nice room, clean room, um, and uh, respond in a timely manner to any requests and so on. So it's more how you manage to implement that, I think. Um, which is where the challenges come. And at the heart of that is technology and people. Um, so those are the areas that we've been focusing on. And, um, it's not a short-term process to get to, to where we want to be. Um, so we have a lot of consultation within the team, both with on-site members, but also with our central admin um, that oversees all the hotels on a weekly basis and in between in smaller groups. Um, to try and see, you know, what challenges have arisen, what feedback we've received and how we can overcome that. Uh, in terms of outside consultants, uh, really the only time we've employed people in are for um, legal issues or for, um, you know, uh, architects dealing with listed buildings or structural surveyors if there's a major engineering issue on the building and so on and so forth. Now, you, you mentioned, you know, the two key parts, technology and people. Um, let's have a look at your technology stack at the moment. How do you manage your hotels versus your holiday rentals? What's the difference in the type of technology systems and platforms that you're using? Yeah, so even before buying the hotels, um, I'd already, we'd managed a couple of hotels and guest houses um, on a room-only basis. So um, about... Four years ago or so, I started developing a system to help automate our operations remotely for the service apartments and these guest houses that we were running. Um, and the issue that we found in the market is there were a lot of software providers who had software for um, a bunch of single units, sort of a home here, a home there, or for a hotel. Um, but there was nothing that had anything, well, sorry, there was um, extremely few providers who had anything that allowed you to manage a combination of multi-unit sites. Um, so say an apart hotel in one location, single one, another one, hotel in another country, and so on and so forth. Um, and out of those, um, none of them really met all the automation needs that we had. So that's why we decided to start building our own. Um, and the beauty of, is, of it is that we now have the flexibility to run um, multiple hotels and um, all the other properties that we manage from one centralized um, login, basically across multiple countries in different currencies. Um, and that is really a great help. 
What about your staff themselves? How are they using technology? Do you have um, sort of systems for them to be able to look at their rotors or the tasks that need to be done? Have you have, have you started to look at how you digitalize more the housekeeping operation side um, of your hotels and um, accommodation properties? Um, yeah, totally. So we actually, one of the first thing we started developing was a cleaning app, which was to set on another system that we were using at the time. Um, and then uh, that system kept breaking their API. So we had to sort of build the whole core ourselves as well. Um, so the cleaning app allows for automated assignment of cleans, both um, checkout and mid-stay housekeeping, depending on the frequency of mid-stay cleans that you set um, to housekeepers or cleaning companies based on a priority um, that you said based on the length of clean for each unit or room and the availability of the cleaners. Um, so basically the system takes on a lot of the admin that usually would have to be done manually. And the cleaners can then log in, view their cleans. Once they start a clean, we can track the location and the time. Um, we ask them to take photos of every room in the apartment or the room in the hotel, basically in the bathrooms. And um, we save those as timestamped photos or videos. Um, so in case there is a guest complaining, you have something to back up that a clean was done. This is a standard that was achieved, but also to help um, office staff who might be overseeing operations, especially when you're working with a cleaning company, um, to double check that things look the way they should. Um, we also have the ability for them to add to report maintenance issues, um, which then get fed back straight into the system for the admin team to deal with um, and try to bring in the, the maintenance staff um, who resolve it. And then, I mean, one of the things you mentioned, you know, it's sort of, sort of cropped up already a couple of times in this short conversation is um, expectations around guests and um, um, complaints. Um, how do you handle those? And uh, what is the impact that you see, particularly around um, review websites? Mm -hmm. I mean, to be honest, we just ignore them completely. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, we, we take it very seriously. Um, actually, last year we employed someone who um, is in charge full time of gathering feedback from guests, um, reaching out to them in case there's been an issue, trying to um, track it down to the root cause and see how we can resolve them. Obviously, guest feedback is the most valuable element of the business. Um, I'm aware that our reviews at the moment, unfortunately, in level of service is not where we'd like it to be, um, but I think what is very important is to try and do better every day than what you did the day before. So especially when you're working with old buildings, staff shortages, um, it's not easy to achieve the level of service that we'd like. And that's where I think that um, you know, better and better technology will help um, on an ongoing basis. As you were asking, you know, what's the interaction of guests with technology? That's something that we'll be focusing on a lot over the coming months. Um, so uh, we already have uh, within Zivo a process that allows the guests to confirm their booking, which is relatively similar way to checking into the flight, you know, gathering their information, uh, contact details, um, direct email address for further marketing if they've come through an OTA, arrival time, departure time, upselling, early check-ins, late checkouts, um, collecting GDPR compliant marketing consent, uh, payment, secure deposits, um, ID, verification, all of that. Um, and so we're redesigning that process at the moment to allow for upselling add-ons to try and make an extra margin um, from the guests by upselling other services within or outside the hotel. And then the next step is building that out into a full guest portal, which will allow you to 
um, actually log in and view all your bookings, um, uh, place new bookings, download invoices, request changes, report issues, and so on and so forth. So really to, to create almost a live link between the guests and the host and a chat environment even. I mean, mu what must really benefit is the fact that you do have this tech uh, brain uh, within the business, right? This the, the CVU um, that you launched in 2020, a great year to obviously launch a new product. Um, but also at the same time, we're seeing huge demand um, for uh, more digital products uh, for um certainly for hotels and, and short-term accommodation. Um, so with your experience now as a property manager, you, you've, you've just mentioned a, a number of new products and techs. Um, how do you develop and commit to a product roadmap um, to, to, to meet those essential and priority needs, but also ensure that you're continually advancing capabilities of what the product's doing? Uh, one thing that has been very important for me from day one, especially after our experience with other providers was, um, again, feedback being ignored as being a wonderful thing. So uh, <laughs> we work very closely with all our users whom we call partners. Um, we don't have external investors, so we don't have any targets to meet um, in terms of financial figures. Um, and we're very committed to ensuring that um, all our users are extremely happy, both from the software that, they provide, that we provide them, but also that the, the service and the support that they get um, and the training element that we provide. Um, so I organize monthly meetups um, with uh, any of our partners who would like to join and um, some of our team members join in as well. We go over what we've been working on in the last month. We get feedback on features that were released in the previous months um, and we try to get an insight into what priorities there are for the coming months in terms of what users would like to have. Um, so we've got a very long roadmap. There's a lot of rejigging that goes on continuous basis. We're still trying to find out how to optimize, uh, you know, the amount of work that you commit to undertaking in advance, whether it's just, you know, a sprint of two weeks or are we working on an increment of three months? How much room for movement is there within that? And something, I mean, I don't come from a tech background, so this is all in a very steep learning curve yeah. as well. You know, how, how do you prepare things in detail um, such as, requirements and designs for the developers to then know exactly what they're building and to make sure that that fits um, what is needed and how do you get feedback from um, partners before you actually start building it out to make sure that it you know it, it fulfills 100% of the use cases rather than just 50 or 60% and leaves half the users still feeling like oh you know this piece of automation didn't quite solve the real world need. I mean, how how is that from um, perspective of building those relationships? Do you find that people are more invested in your product because they can actually see that roadmap and, and see that commitment that you're making to constant um, evolution and, and and the development of of the platform? Yeah, I'd say so. I th I think the fact that we offer extremely close um, partnership um, to all our users um, through the support that we provide, but also the way that we take on feedback is something that um, is very important for a large um, uh, part of our user base. Um, and the other thing is that they really feel that their feedback is acted on, that the roadmap is dynamic and it changes as things are requested. Obviously, we can't develop everything for everyone at the same time, um, but we try as much as possible to get the right balance between you know, what users are asking for and what we feel the product should be having. Uh, going forward. 
Excellent. Wonderful. Naeem, thank you very much for, you know, sharing with us, um, you know, the challenges and opportunities that you've seen as a result of COVID and some of the trends um, within the marketplace as well. It's been really interesting to learn, particularly um, since you work within the UK and and congratulations on such phenomenal growth, particularly of your payment club, because that is quite a portfolio of properties you've managed to achieve over the short few years. Thank you. Yeah, just actually all of them came in over a year and we've slowed down in the last couple of months, but we might go on another growth rate shortly. Uh, Get your energy back (laughs) first. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just try and stabilize things, make sure we recruit enough staff um, on the ground and then keep going. Excellent. Well, all the best of that. Thank you again for joining me. Thank you for having me. Naeem Anis Payman uh, from Payman Club and Sivu. Uh, thank you for joining me indeed. And check out some of the other podcasts from Hotelier's Voice, as well as our recent series from the IHTF 2022. I'm your host, Ryan Haynes. Check us out on haynesmarcoms.agency forward slash travel hyphen market hyphen life. Thank you. For more, go to Travel Market Life. The music sensation by Zach Nelson is reproduced under license from Storyblocks. Travel Market Life is a Haynes Marcoms digital marketing agency production serving the travel and technology industries.